Shaka. It means holy worship. Join me, your host, Robert Randall, as we delve into biblical instrumentation and music history to discover the sounds behind the words of our Savior, Yeshua Messiah. Tov, Mishpikaha, Yeshua Messiah. Good morning, family in Jesus Christ. It is I, your host, Robert Randall, coming to you from the beautiful Colorado Rocky Mountains in Colorado Springs. I want to welcome you to Season 3, Episode 1 of Kadoshika Holy Worship, the final season of this podcast, radio broadcast, on the music of the Bible, the sounds behind the words of our Master, Yeshua the Messiah. Today's show is going to be called Prayer and Reflections about the power of prayer and the challenges of prayer, as well as the reflections of where the show has been and where it's going for its final season. But first, let's open up with a word of prayer. Abba Elyon, the God that we worship, our Father, our King, our Redeemer, our Savior, our King of the universe, our King of the heavens, we beseech you. We beseech your love, your Holy Spirit, your faith, your truth, your anointing, your calling for your body of Christ all over the globe, Father. Ignite a fire in us. Cleanse us from our sinful ways. Open our hearts and minds and eyes to the world and its evil and make us holy and separate. Clean before your eyes to be a pure bride. If we lack wisdom, grant us wisdom, Father. If we lack a calling, make our calling sure. If there are those that need healing, open their hearts to your love, Father. Free your people from bondage, that we may walk with our lamps lit as the bride that we are called to be to prepare for your coming kingdom. In Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ's mighty name, amen. I want to begin today by giving some news on the power of prayer. Two of our Hebrew Nation hosts, one is a co-host on the three guys on the three wise guys with Roland Bits. Uh, Tuck, I believe is his name. He came down with COVID and pneumonia. And as as I understand it, it was it was uh, it was very serious. Um I have known many in the body of of the evangelical body of Christ, I should say, and many who are uh, who are messianics who have fallen prey to this virus. And whether you believe it was a a, a legitimate pandemic or a pandemic, I leave that up to you in your own research. If you want to know my thoughts on the matter, for you to, to consider the information I presented and to come to your own conclusions. You can listen to the episode, Do Not Be Deceived. With that being said, uh, another major host, a pillar of Hebrew Nation Radio, fell ill with COVID as well, and that was our beloved Mark Call, news commentator with an amazing sense of humor and quick wit, and a 
beloved Torah teacher to many who go to his fellowship online or in person and listen to his Torah studies. Now, thank God for the power of prayer and thank God for the power of community because we came together in spirit and in truth. And thankfully, Hebrew Nation Radio now has its own spiritual online community on the Mighty Works app and website. Now, you cannot just go in and look up Hebrew Nation community. You have to actually be requested or, or be added into the community. It is a private community. If you want to be added into the Hebrew Nation community, you must email Roland Bates at Roland, R-O-L-L-Y-N, at HebrewNationOnline.net. And he and just say, I want to be added into the Hebrew Nation community on the Mighty Works platform. And he will add you. And there are wonderful believers on there. Wonderful souls on there who are fellowshipping different groups. There's a men's group. There's a women's group. There's a singles group. There's a home Bible study group. There's groups for the feasts. There's groups on different topics that are happening. Uh, different, different discussion threads on different current events. And you can even reach out to your favorite uh, radio hosts and podcasters who have impacted you and, and their shows and, and tell them, you know, thank you for, for your shows. They had a lot of meaning to me and my family, which I've reached out to many who I, I've never had a chance to, you know, I've never met them, never seen their faces. But I reached out to them and I said, thank you so much. You know, I listen to your show every week. And so I, I really appreciate that we have this platform to connect on and to see the power of prayer active and moving and living. Now, this does not mean that we have not lost precious people in the kingdom because we have both in the messianic body and in the Christian body. Now, I think of them as one and the same, even though we have doctrinal differences. It's just one is the house of Ephraim and one is the house of Manasseh. And I don't even hold to house doctrine necessarily, but that's how I see it and understand it at this point as the Spirit has led me. With that being said, it is important to understand that we have lost some precious souls such as Rob Dew, who was one of the three Torah teachers. Now, I particularly enjoyed his knowledge because he came from a very unique background. I would have loved to have browsed his library. He had such a knowledge of the Christian and Hebraic and even pseudo-Christian side of the faith. Everything from Seventh-day Adventism and its history, um, going into Jehovah Witnesses and a few other things like that, that, that really helped connect some dots um, for my past upbringings. And so the late Rob do please be in prayer for him and his family. Um, I have greatly missed him uh, and his, his voice and his charm. He always had a smile. He always had a, a beautiful, joyful tone whenever he taught the word. And it was always good to hear his voice. He was like the grandpa that you came to, to listen to every week and to, to feed you wisdom. We have also lost two major warriors in the body of Christ, those, uh, and, and one of those being spiritual warfare minister Russ Dizdar, who, as I understand it, was on the front lines of the spiritual warfare battle. And 
there were some very interesting and controversial teachings that he did. Some stuff was very interesting. Some stuff uh, I, I didn't agree with. I, I didn't fully understand it or embrace it. But by and large, I do know that people have faced those things, and I do know that those things are real. Um, however little in, little I have understood his ministry, I appreciate what he has done for those who are victims of the kingdom of darkness to bring them into the kingdom of light. Now, the same goes for the late Rob Skiba. Now, I only listened to the man twice on the Way documentary and I think once on his radio show podcast on that alternative radio station that he was on. Um, and by and large, uh, for me, uh, you know, he was a brother in Messiah. He was, a, he was a Torah teacher. He was the ones who really opened up the can of worms in the Christian community um, very early on into my walk in the Hebrew roots. And I think where I personally parted ways was on his flat earth theories, which I personally saw break up churches and bodies of Messiah. And so from that perspective, I, I was not a fan of the late Rob Skiba. Now I do know that people were impacted by his influence and whatever that is, whether it was flat earth or the Nephilim, um, I have to give due credence that the father gave him a platform to help people in, in, in some capacity, even though that didn't impact my walk, I know it impacted others that I've talked to in the body of Christ. So please be in prayer for their families, uh, the late Russ Dizdar and Rob Skiba. They are dearly missed by many respected members in the body of Christ. And it's, it's unfortunate that their passing has happened. So please lift them up in the Father's loving arms and his talit of light and love. Holy worship is making inroads, brethren. Not only are we on Hebrew Nation Radio twice every Sabbath at 5 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. Pacific Time and on numerous podcasting platforms that are being streamed all over the world, but we are now being streamed on a local internet station in Denver, Colorado called Intervision FM. Now, there's a backstory here that I want to give as to how I got involved with um, getting Holy Worship broadcast on Intervision FM, which will, it airs every Friday at 5.30 p.m. The, the church that I attend and help out with worship um, on Sundays, which also hosts a Messianic congregation that I attend on Saturdays, there was a sister in Christ who presented me and my now fiance, Mahalia. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I proposed October 10th, and we are due to be married on March 19th. Her name in Hebrew means tender, and in Native American, Mahalia means bright and powerful. So, <laughs> thank you so much for the applause. And uh, God... God has been so kind to us both. <laughs> the, the the performance that we were uh, the, the the tickets were for was a performance of Alice in Wonderland. I had never seen a stage performance of Alice in Wonderland, as far as I can recall. 
Uh, I was very much involved as a young man uh, from kindergarten up until high school in the dramatic arts, and I thoroughly enjoyed it and have a great respect for it. What was unique about this particular uh, group that was hosting this in Denver was this is all a theatrical company that was put on by people with various disabilities and handicaps, or what I like to term as life challenges. And watching this play really encouraged me as someone with a disability myself, or a life challenge. In my case, I have a visual life challenges. Other people in this performance have uh, some had Down syndrome, some had Asperger's. Um, one woman who had a beautiful voice had a visual challenge much like myself. Um, some people have diabetic challenges or health challenges, mental or physical challenges. Everyone has a life challenge to overcome. It's unfortunate um, that we are a minority and essentially segregated from much of the diversity that is talked about out there in the mainstream media. We are not given a voice, and so we are forced to have our own voice. It has been my perception as someone who has seen it in schools that cater to people with disabilities and in the public school uh, academia and collegiate academia that we are broadly, widely ignored and shoved aside. And we are thankful for Christian churches and people out there who reach out to help us. We really are. Because there's not enough done in the secular community. And what is done, what little benefits there are uh, that are given uh, are, are minute, honestly. And it could be better. It really could. So that's what I'm going to say on that. Now, um, I am very thankful uh, for this performance because it made me consider what is my impact amongst people with other challenges. And so the following week, I googled internet radio stations. And sure enough, there was one in Denver called Intervision FM. And Johnny and his team have been very welcoming, and they cater towards people with visual or blindness challenges and their ability to become DJs as well as get their, their own music uh, heard on the radio and their podcasts heard. And so uh, in the coming weeks, you will see a YouTube interview with yours truly on, uh, on Holy Worship, Kadosha Ka, and, uh, and its, its, its topics on music history and the Bible. And I'm very thankful for the team there. It's a wonderful mission, wonderful interviews, wonderful musicians with such wonderful talent. Beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, musicians in Colorado that are having a voice and making an impact. And, and they're, they're hosting festivals. They're doing interviews. They're having concerts. And so that means a lot uh, to have that impact. It's always been my goal to be perceived more than what most people would perceive someone with a visual or blindness challenge to be perceived as. And I think the more that we push those boundaries the, to the best of our ability to be more than we're perceived as someone to feel sorry for or to be just genuinely held by the hand and supported all the way through life, um, I think does a great disservice. What we need is more encouragement by our community because they talk about diversity, 
but there's not enough reach out to this community. And there's not enough reach out to those uh, in, in many respects in the Christian church. There's not enough dis, uh, uh, there's not enough disabled communities, for lack of a better word, in Christian churches. And there should be because it helps us get through our differences and what we struggle with on a daily basis. The, the team at Intervision FM, check out their website, listen to their radio station. A lot of great Christian artists, a lot of local rap artists, uh, good G DJs. And of course yours truly is on at 5 30 PM every Friday evening mountain time. You can support them uh, financially if you wish. And you can even do so through Amazon Smile if you are so led. They also would appreciate your prayers and support spiritually as well. It is a challenge to run a media station like what they are doing. So I'm so thankful for them, and I look forward to continue working with them in the coming months. As far as Season 3, when it comes to the unpackaging of what we'll be going through, when it comes to Babylonian music, we'll be looking at the cuneiform tablets of the various musical theories that are presented and the controversies behind them and how those theories presented uh, an influence towards a Greek and Islamic culture as well as Christian understanding of music. When uh, and, and on top of that, we'll be looking at the the religious influence behind the music as well, and the structures that they used to convey that religious observation and to, to various deities in their culture. In Israelites' perspective, secular historians kind of give a paragraph or two to the devotion to God in temporal, temple processionals, second temple as well as... as um, uh, uh, the, the Salemic Temple and, and New Testament first century devotion to God in the synagogues. And that's that's about it. Christian historians, like we've entailed in seasons one and two, tend to go a little deeper. And we'll acknowledge Greek and Babylonian concepts when needed to understand the evolution of an instrument, uh, speculative, speculatively or otherwise, and to understand a music theory concept. And so what we'll be touching on in this season will be the dispersion of the Hebrews in Sephardic, Ashkenazi, and Lundano, or Spanish, Russian, and Arab cultures, and, and how synagogues and their music evolved. And also the modern preservation Israel today for music history. When we get into Greek music, we're going to touch on not only music theory in a deeper biblical understanding behind certain names and understandings, but we'll also be looking at the religious and playwright culture of how music was used and presented its earliest forms, and also Greek, Greece's impact, which was subsequently from Babylon's influence into Islam and Christendom and modern music as we know it today. So... I'm, this is going to be the deepest episode, or deepest season, I should say, of Holy Worship. And I'm really looking forward to presenting this information to you. A couple of things I want to address about the show that people were never really clear on. Why the name Holy Worship? The name comes from 
to prostrate oneself or to suck carpet, as it were, on the ground in worship. And while that is the Hebraic definition of shachah, I chose the title Holy Worship because it is a delving into the Holy Bible, and it is a delving into worship as we understand it in a Western culture of a Chuck Smith kind of church, praise and worship, kind of a rock venue type of a thing. Uh, and so that is why I chose that title. Why did I use the term in the first couple episodes? This one gets, gets a lot of questions. Why did I use the term objective agnosticism? The reason I did that is because an early teacher back in, in the early days of Hebrew Nation Radio used that term to define that we are not objective enough with the knowledge that we are presented, especially things that we disagree with that don't fit our worldview and that we are against uh, as kingdom Christians. And, you know, agnosticism means to be against knowledge, but to be objective with knowledge that you do not support or, or a worldview or a theory that you are not inclined to agree with, we don't have enough of that objectivity with men's research or the opinions of others today, frankly. Um, we don't meditate on the knowledge that is presented and put it in a biblical lens or we'll just shove it aside because it's, it's not something we're comfortable with. Um, and so as I've been on this journey, it's been a real education into the academic thought behind music history and why biblical music history evolves from a secular understanding into Christianity and Islam. While I don't agree with Islam as a religion or even a, a, a lifestyle in their, I mean, it is a lifestyle, um, and their thought form of a false god and an egregore, as it's known in certain circles. I don't, even though I disagree religiously, I have to respect the, the impact of music behind that culture because without the roots of music history, from a secular point of view, you would not have modern maqam chant in Islam today, which is very unique. And you will not understand Islam's influence of such chanting uh, when they do their daily prayers if you do not understand Babylonian music systems and, sus and subsequently Greek music systems. So it's important to have this balanced understanding even if there are cultures and things I'm talking about that are uncomfortable, that are quote-unquote pagan, right? Yes, they are pagan. But we have to understand these things in the fullest context possible because the full understanding of this show and the book that I am writing is to merge secular and biblical understanding into a single volume because I have not, I have yet to see that done in a very balanced rapport. And so that is the goal of this podcast to, to thoroughly train you in understanding this subject matter. If I were to just focus on the biblical nature, that is me being biased in my approach to this. However, if I give you the evolution and the understanding from a historical context in academia today, whether you agree with it or not, because there are things that I've talked about in this show that I don't even agree with. I do not agree with the evolution of the bagpipe in its linguistic sense. In fact, that's probably the most debated instrument apart from 
some of the other instruments I've covered that I, I, I was uncomfortable addressing, but it was something that I had come across in numerous searches. So I had to talk about it, even though it wasn't something I was comfortable talking about or, or addressing as a historical instrument. I had to present it nonetheless because it has, it has sway uh, as a major instrument from secular and, and, and modern cultures as a bagpipe. So with that being said, um, I pray that, that I have really edified you, that I've done my job and I've made you think. I've made you want to delve into this subject matter at a deeper level and respect music for what it is as a biblical and, and historical uh, concept and a scientific concept for that matter. One of the things that's really tough is digesting a lot of this material I'm looking at. It's very doctorate level. Um, at one point, a lot of the books I've been reading, especially on Babylonian and Greek music, I had to sit down with a music dictionary and, and, and my Alexa and unpackage some of the definitions. So a lot of this has been me digesting material to present it to you in layman's terms as much as possible. And if I do use a term, I will clarify as to what it means. So, Father in Heaven, I, I really thank you for this opportunity to reach out to my brothers and sisters in the Messiah. You know, I, I'm just one guy. I, I'm doing this show because it was a blessed opportunity to impact my brothers and sisters in the Bible, in the body of Messiah, in Christian churches. And it was an opportunity to educate myself and bless uh, people in in the life-challenged community, those with, with numerous uh, disabilities and handicaps, for lack of a better term. Father, I thank you for your love impacting our hearts and minds. Please continue to help us to walk in a spirit of love, to walk in the faithfulness and the hope that you provide. That in faith, hope, and love, the most important of these things is your love, Father. Let us not be cold-hearted or hard-hearted in this day and age. Let us come together, reason with one another, love one another. And from that, the rest of the Torah and the prophets and the writings will unfold. Because when you are born again and your heart and mind are set free as a new man in Messiah, you are able to be a better man or woman in Messiah. And so, Father, I thank you for this new chance to confidently speak about this love to embrace your kingdom, to embrace the, the emotions that follow with that love and in your blessed Beatitudes. And Father, I, I just pray for a stronger connection in these days. More prayer and more reaching out to those who do not have a voice and do not have help. I pray for those under oppression and depression those with generational sin that they struggle with on a daily basis, those who heart, whose hearts and minds are cold and hard-hearted, those who have religious spirits, Father, that the living, living blood of the Lamb and the living waters of the Holy Spirit would help them to be born again to see and understand the kingdom of God in the true faith, 
hope and love, that it was meant to be understood and lived out as living stones of heaven, shining a light amongst a dark world and to be the salt of the earth for people to thirst and be healed by the living word of God. In Yeshua's name, amen. Until next time, we're going to delve into Babylonian music in the cuneiform tablets and the religious devotion behind their musical structures. I pray for a blessed Sabbath, a blessed Shabbat Shalom to you and your family and your congregations. In Yeshua's name, this is Robert Randall signing out. Be blessed, brethren.